Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Recap of Honor. I am your host, Colin Tester of WrestleZone.com. This week's Recap of Honor is a special one because this weekend we had the Ring of Honor Best in the World pay-per-view. And, of course, that was a special show because it marked the return of live fans for the first time since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, um, as a Ring of Honor fan, that's very exciting for me. Uh, I wasn't there in person, but just seeing the fans there, there uh, watching on TV, just being able to hear the crowd and, and how much that added to every single match was just a great experience and made what was already going to be a memorable show that much more special. So we're going to talk about the, the pay-per-view itself and this weekend's episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, there's this the way the, 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 the broadcast schedule kind of falls out. You know, the, the pay-per-view is on Sunday, and I didn't get a chance to watch the show until this morning. So I figured we would do the, the Ring of Honor uh, Wrestling show first as kind of a pre-show and then get into what was obviously a, a very memorable, eventful, and uh, quite enjoyable uh, Ring of Honor uh, Best in the World pay-per-view. Before we do, just want to remind you all that this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms or at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So Ring of Honor Wrestling this past weekend, setting up Best in the World on Sunday. Technically, they, the show aired on Friday, but again, with that broadcast schedule, I didn't get a chance to watch it until Monday. So in hindsight, I got, I got to kind of see some some things that may have been foreshadowing what what eventually happened on Sunday. For example, the Briscoes, uh, Mark and Jay, were in action against Joe Keys and Dante Caballero, a bunch of Ring of Honor dojo guys. Uh, they've been on Ring of Honor TV before. I think it was right around Christmas time last year. They're in like a, a dojo showcase match. I remember being impressed with both guys. Um, you know, a lot of the the guys that have that have come from the dojo, it's almost like the the new Japan system where they're like quote unquote young guys, like they don't really have really distinct personalities. Although Joe Keys, he was in the rankings battle royale and he was the runner up. He he and LSG uh, were the runner the the winner and I guess second place winner of that battle royale, and they faced off Ring of Honor Wrestling. Of course, LSG won that match, but still a good showing for Joe Keys. Dante Caballero, Dante Caballero seemed impressive uh, back then. So, uh, the, and it's more from noting these two guys uh, in that showcase match, they won a tag team. I think their opponents were Eric Martin and Ken Dixon. That's right, uh, if I recall correctly. So, they have some experience together. They were one, one to know as a team, but obviously, uh, two, do, two dojo guys going up there against 11 time tag team champions in the Briscoes. You know how it's going to go. And in a bit of a fun pre match kind of segment, uh, Joe Keys and Dante were uh, not too thrilled with this matchup because they, they knew that uh, it was not in their favor. And um, basically, Joe Keys was like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to get killed out there, essentially. And uh, that's basically what happened, right? I mean, I, I don't, no need to, you know, bury the lead here. The, the Briscoes won. It was pretty, pretty decisive. Uh, Keys and uh, Caballero, you know, they held their own. Uh, they, they got the chance of being there with, uh, obviously, one of the best tag teams uh, of this generation, uh, of Ring of Honor, the, the whole history. So just that, that opportunity alone was definitely, you know, good for them. And for the Briscoes, I talked about this last week, but they had the fight on the farm. Uh, they're now back in action as a team, and they're literally doing the whole started from the bottom, now we're here kind of thing. And now they are back uh, on track, on uh, targeting the, the the titles again. So number 12 is not out of the question. I talked about it on the, the pre-show that I did a pre-show of Dennis Farrell of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. Go check that out on all of our uh, audio platforms. But we were talking about that and saying, you know, we're the, the tag division doesn't have a whole lot of depth right now. So it wouldn't be all too surprising to see the Briscoes actually challenge for the titles again sooner and later. Uh, but here, uh, that, that mission to the titles again, started off pretty darn well with a win on Ring of Honor Wrestling against two guys from the dojo who, although they may be very talented, obviously uh, it was just not, not their night when you're in there against the Briscoes and they're a team that's 1-0 versus 11-time uh, tag team champions. So always going to see the Briscoes in there back together, not fighting, not fighting on a farm, just teaming up, doing what they do best, beating up people. And that's what we got on, on Ring of Honor Wrestling this weekend. Uh, the second match we got was Flip Gordon versus PJ Black. Now heading into, the, again, this match, this uh, show aired on Friday, kind of, of a, as a preview for Best in the World. So uh, in hindsight, we knew that Flip Gordon would be facing EC3, the pay-per-view. Uh, PJ Black recently made his return uh, to Ring of Honor after he was gone for several months. PJ Black would also be in action on Sunday in a tag team match with Brian Johnson. They'd be facing the Briscoes, so it'll... Uh, nice segue there. So with Flip Gordon, uh, and I talked about it on that on that preview show for the pay per view, 
Uh, Flip Gordon, a guy that has already been announced for a world title match at Glory by Honor in Philadelphia. We'll talk about that a little more later on. Uh, uh, in this match against a, a true veteran of the business and PJ Black. PJ Black has been wrestling since 1997, which is just mind-boggling when you think about it. You know, he, he's he's in great shape. He he can still very, he can obviously still go. He held he more than held his own in there with a guy like Flip Gordon. Uh, they're they're both two of Ring of Honor's best high flyers. Um, you know, or at least you know, that, that's just kind of the image that they're. You know, I usually, I, I guess, I should say that I view them as, you know, that they are the two of the best high flyers. Obviously, when you've got a company with Bandito, Flamita, Ray Oris, all these guys that are, can really go out there uh, and steal a show with their aerial assault, you know, it's hard to kind of earn that distinction. But Phil Gordon, PG Black, definitely two talented guys. Now, for me, highlight of this match was Brian Johnson being on commentary. Obviously, I've said it before. I've interviewed Brian twice now, so I'm, I'm very biased. But I think Brian's great on the mic, whether that's in a promo or as I've seen before on commentary. So I thought that was a lot of fun having him kind of throw, throw some insults at the at well, pretty much everybody in Ring of Honor. He was insulting Cliff Gordon. He was insulting the Briscoes. Uh, he did uh, compliment uh, PJ Black. Obviously, those guys are uh, reuniting as a tag team, at least it would, it would seem. Uh, in the end, this was a very competitive match. Flip Gordon, as we might uh, expect based on his past actions in recent months uh, in various matches, uh, not not all too surprising that, it, that he cheated doing this one. Uh, he poked PJ Black in the eye and hit the fl flip five and uh, made him submit to the uh, submit the flip. I think that's the name of the move. That it's actually an STF, but uh, in the and Flip Gordon picked up a big win again, beating a guy that's been wrestling since 1997, a true veteran of the business. Guys traveled all over the world. Definitely a, a nice feather in the cap for Flip Gordon. And again, in hindsight, that was helpful going into uh, Best in World on Sunday, picking up a little, a little momentum like that. So good one for him. And, uh, you know, just kind of setting him up for success on Sunday. And as we'll talk about later, Unfortunately, he did not capitalize on that, but that we'll, uh, we'll get there later. Because uh, lastly, here for the Ring of Honor Wrestling, uh, the TV show for the weekend, we had a, a star-studded, electric, dynamic, triple threat tag team match. Uh, I've, I've talked about it pretty much every show here since I started uh, since I started doing this show. Uh, the, the stable warfare in Ring of Honor has been a lot of fun. You've got the Foundation, you've got LFI, and now we've got Violence Unlimited. And all three forces clashed uh, this past weekend in the triple threat tag team match. It was J uh, Jay Lethal, the pure champion, and Jonathan Gresham of the Foundation versus Brody King and Tony Deppin, the, at that point the TV champion uh, of Violence Unlimited, against Kenny King and Dragon Lee of LFI LaFaction Ingo Bernabe. Now, this was definitely a preview uh, kind of across the board because on Sunday we did see Brody King face Jay Lethal in a singles match. We saw Tony Deppin defend his title against Dragon Lee. Uh, Aggression faced Mike Bennett, but he was in there too. So <laughs> he was just uh, doing his part as a, a loyal member of the foundation. Um, and I thought this was a lot of fun. I, I, I continue. I, I have to commend Ring of Honor on, on the true storytelling we really get on, on pretty much every match. It is make it very clear uh, how they're really going for uh, not just I want to say one story that makes it seem too like you know too narrow, but they they do a great job of telling stories in these matches beyond featuring great wrestling. So here the story was LFI was going to sit back and let the two factions destroy each other. That's what we saw kind of before that triple threat match a couple weeks ago, um, where the the, the where uh, Tony Depp and pinned Trace Williams and not Dragon Lee to set up the match the best in the world. So yet again a great clash between all three stables here. LFI. Uh, King and Lee kind of sat on the outside and let the foundation and violence limited destroy each other. In the end, Kenny King pinned Jonathan Gresham, basically stole the pin uh, from, I think it was like a, a, a shining wizard from Tony Deppin. So Kenny King has pinned Jonathan Gresham. And so you have to kind of wonder, would that put him in line for a pure title shot at some point? down the road i don't know he hasn't really competed in a pure rules match though he was in the, in the pure title tournament so maybe that's worth uh, bringing up at this point because it's obviously a fair question whenever you pin a champion got to wonder if you will get a title shot so uh in hindsight again I'm, I'm, i watched this so uh on monday morning after the pay-per-view when whereas it actually aired as kind of a preview for it so seeing uh kenny king pin gresham as it turns out gresham uh, didn't get pinned in the pure title match. He's still the pure champion, but he did get pinned at, in, in, in the tag title match. So two pins for Jonathan Gresham, a guy that I've said many, many times, one of the very best wrestlers in the world. Pretty surprising to see him to pick up two pins or get pinned twice like that. So with that, that wraps up the discussion for the the weekend show, the the, the ring, ring of Honor wrestling, the TV show. So now the main event, obviously, that the encore or, or sorry, the entree, if you will, uh, of this podcast uh, for for this week, Ring of Honor, best in the world, the pay per view. Uh, we that that was that's what we were looking forward to on Sunday. Uh, you know, as I said at the start of the show, live fans are back for the first time since the beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic. It's felt like forever. It has been 
far too long and obviously through no fault of ring of honor through no fault of professional wrestling that's just the the way the world has been now i say it all the time the, uh, on various podcasts here the wrestling world is returning to some semblance of normalcy and for ring of honor that meant that fans could come back for the first time and I even from the, the first tweet from Ring of Honor I, uh, before the show even started, just a shot of all the fans lining up, get so be, so excited to get into the building there. And it's really heartwarming stuff. It's so thrilling. And I mean, I, I'm saying this as, as a fan that was sitting here watching the show. Ian Riccoboni, the, the uh, play-by-play guy, tweeted about it. He was he was tearing up, walking to the ring. He was just so, so emotional. Everybody, I would imagine, in Ring of Honor, so emotional, having the fans back. So such, such a great experience. And again, as a fan, I could even see that. So... Um, you know, I just, I'll say first off, just having the fans back made it, made the show so much fun. Cause even the hour one, or if you will, the pre-show, the fans were into it. They were, they were really responding, cheering, booing, getting into both matches. And that was kind of the theme of the night all throughout. And that just made the show. I mean, I'm sure it would have been a great show anyway, but, um, man, it was just such a, such a great experience being able to see the fans, hear the fans again, have that atmosphere, have the wrestlers playing off of it. So, uh, I want to get that out of the way first because that, that's kind of the, the running theme of the night. But for the matches themselves, let's, I guess, start with that hour one pre-show. We're getting a bunch of comments here already, and I'll, I promise I'll get into those once we kind of get into the, the main card, the main uh, the main matches here. But on the pre-show, the first match up for the uh, hour one here of Best in the World, it was Demonic Flamita versus Ray Oris, of, uh, formerly the, the, the two Mexican squad partners, formerly guys that have held the six-man tag titles together. Obviously, uh, Flamita won his own way. Now he's demonic Flamita. I said it oh, as soon as he introduced this new character. I, I thought this has got a lot of legs to it. It's really cool. I think there's really a lot of potential here. And I was hoping to see him win. Uh, I was talking to Dennis Farrell on our preview show for a uh, preview stream for the show. And he called this, this one a match of the night contender. And we got it on the pre-show. The pre-show for absolutely free, Ring of Honor Best Wrestling in the World, and they gave him a match with Night Contender for free. Just to, just that's how much they care about the fans. That's how, that's how much they want to give to the fans. So you know, when you have the ability to watch a match that you just know is going to be really good like that for absolutely free, you know, you know, you know, you're in for a good show. And this was the very first show uh, match that we got for this pay-per-view. So starting off on a strong note, two of the very best high flyers in Ring of Honor. I said that about Gordon PJ Black a minute ago, but these two guys, Flamita. I mean, and and Oro sort of flying all around the ring to the very best luchadors or or you know Mexican wrestler, whatever you want to say. I, I never know the the I guess the right way to say that, but at the very least, two of the best high flyers in wrestling in Ring of Honor, at least for, definitely for my money. Um, and they were just flying out there, fly, flying in and out of the ring. The crowd was eating it up. They were just really responding, uh, and it was such a great way to start this show. And I was really hoping to see for me to win. I thought I think he entered the match as the number third ranked uh, contender in the TV title scene. So I thought, hey, with a win. Pretty easily set up uh, for me to, to get a TV title shot, and he did win, and he won pretty darn cleanly. Uh, you know, nothing really, no, no, no if ands or buts. Flamita uh, looked great, Ray Oris looked great, no harm losing there. Uh, Flamita did beat Ray Oris in the survival of the fittest qualifier, so uh, he seems to have Ray Oris's number here. So I would definitely expect coming out of this to see Flamita challenge the TV title, and we'll talk about that more later on. So, um, you know, I'd be cur- very curious to see. You know, at least at this point, I, I, we'll talk about it again later. But uh, Dragon Lee recaptured the title, so the, at, at this point, we could be heading toward uh, the Demonic Flamita versus Dragon Lee, and that'd be a very, very interesting clash, both of personalities and of two absolutely excellent high flyers. So definitely looking forward to that one. So whereas this match was very high flying and electric and and just you know a thrill to watch, the next match on hour one was a lot of fun. It was PCO and Danhausen versus the Bouncers. Uh, PCO and Danhausen, a, a new team. They they were unsuccessful in their first match on week by week. Um, you know they, and that but obviously you know you're not, you're not going to gel right away. So that you know, it, but then obviously facing the bouncers, an established team here, a team with a new edge. The uh, Beer City Bruiser turned heel a couple months ago. So shortly thereafter, after a bit of a drift away from each other, Brandon Wallace, uh reunited and came came around his way of thinking. So the bouncers with a new focus, with a new attitude. Uh, you know, seemingly were in a position where they um, may maybe should they should have been the favorites to win. Maybe they should have won in some ways. I don't. I'm not here to money morning quarterback, but uh, in some ways, as I said earlier, the, the tag division is a little thin in that sense. So I expected. I'll, I'll say I at least expected Bouncers to win to kind of set up a, another strong contender. Uh, instead, PCO and Danhausen won. A PCO pinned, I believe it was Beer City Bruiser with the PCO salt. This match was all, you know, there was some comedy and some storytelling. PCO had a battery malfunction. 
Dan Housen, he did his, his usual teeth thing and you know, a bunch of crazy antics. These two guys, two of the most fun personalities in Ring of Honor. Um, I enjoy them a lot. You know, they're just two very fun guys. Put them together, you know, it, it works, right? The two fun, two fun guys, two fun personalities. But it seems like a pretty good winning recipe to me. So as for the bouncers, a little surprising to see them lose like this. Uh, it's worth noting that Sledge, the Metalhead Maniac, came out to the ranks, uh, to the ramp during the match. Didn't do anything during the match. He was there to watch. Uh, he uh, kind of clashed with PCO during the that rankings battle role I mentioned a couple minutes ago. Uh, I think Sledge eliminated PCO, if I remember correct, Or maybe PCO. One, regardless, they, they had to run in somehow. This was already a couple weeks ago. So they were definitely kind of setting the stage for uh, some conflict there. Sludge coming out during this match definitely solidified that. And then after the match, he got in PCO's face and, and really got heated with him. So I would expect to see maybe PCO face Sledge sooner or later. And that would definitely be, I would say, the biggest match of Sledge's young Ring of Honor career at this point. So looking forward to that one when it happens. And that was the eventful hour one. And then we have that we had nine matches on the main card itself. And going off the comments here. Uh, well, I might as well just let you guys dictate it in that sense. We got Douglas. Let's talk with about the pure title match between Mike Bennett and the champion Jonathan Gresham. Douglas J. Campbell saying Mike Bennett got screwed out of the pure title, whereas Scott Wallace saying Jonathan Gresham is super. So Jonathan Gresham came in this match. I believe he was 10-0 and in pure wrestling matches, uh, at least dating back to the, I think that was overall, in, in singles pure wrestling matches. Uh, and, and Mike Bennett, a guy that's pretty much untested in pure, pure rolls matches. Uh, you know, he won, the, he won the pure rolls gauntlet match a couple weeks ago to kind of earn this shot. Uh, and then the story of this match was Bennett wanting to prove himself, prove that he is a pure wrestler to Jonathan Gresham and earn his respect. Gresham has been displaying kind of a more... Uh, attitudinal not egotistical but you know kind of a cocky edge recently you know he's 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 one of the the standard bearers for the foundation he's the pure champion uh and i know on twitter twitter during the show last night but you know, it's interesting where, you know, we've got this stable warfare and you see the foundation, LFI and Violence Unlimited. Other than LFI, there aren't really heroes and villains, right? I mean, the foundation, I usually consider them the good guys where they want to purify, bring it bring it back to its roots in some ways. But then you got, you know, Jonathan Gresham out there during the match. He spanked Mike Bennett. It was being, you know, being pretty disrespectful, disrespectful. And Mike Bennett has been, you know, nothing but a good guy since he came back. He's been the hometown hero. He's been reunited Matt Taven. He's been helping Taven fight the righteous. So, you know, it makes me kind of wonder this, the, I I actually not wonder, kind of argue that we are seeing some areas of gray in terms of the morality of the foundation here, at least for Jonathan Gresham, maybe wondering if the, if his success is going to his head in that sense, maybe we'll see Jonathan Gresham revert to that heelish persona he had a little while ago, Uh, but the very least, uh, and and the the, the broadcasting pointed out as well, you're like, you can taunt all you want. If you can back it up, you know, do whatever, you know, Jonathan Gresham, I say it every week, one of the very best wrestlers in the world, uh, especially in, in the pure wrestling sense, you know, for what he, for what he does, for what he brings to the table, um, world-class athlete, world-class wrestler. Yeah. I can't just watch, watch the guy wrestle. It, it's art. It's a masterpiece. Every time he's out there and being in there with a veteran, like Mike Bennett, uh, Bennett, a guy that's been definitely around. That's been, uh, you know, a real, like ring of honor, um, you know, a stalwart, I should say. He he went away for a while. I came back. Now he's he, back in Ring of Honor, uh, and he really is kind of one of the more, I would say, kind of the, ironically, one of the foundations of, of Ring of Honor, where in terms of those guys that have been there for a while or that are kind of associated more with Ring of Honor as, as a brand in that sense. So definitely a, a compelling clash of, of generations there with Gresham and and the, the new foundation versus Bennett and Ring of Honor history. As for the match itself, definitely a... Uh, Maybe I should say not quite what I expected. I came into this really expecting to see Gresham win pretty decisively. Uh, there not to be too much doubt about it, but I've mentioned a couple times now on the pre-show stream of Dennis Farrell, he mentioned just um, maybe a little curveball. Mike Bennett, uh, he threw uh, the first pitch at a Chicago Cubs game before the before this pay-per-view. So, And he, he noted that usually a lot of times when you see guys doing a, a public appearance like that, kind of teasing that they might be uh, on, on a little bit of a PR tour. They might be in line for a big win at, at that, you know, whatever show it's, it's corresponding with. So he definitely pointed that seed of doubt in my mind that maybe Mike Bennett could pull off the upset here. But instead, Jonathan Gresham won. Uh, it was definitely a great pure rules match. I enjoyed it a lot. Gresham, again, 
just he's incredible. I, I can't say can't, can't say enough good things about it. Excellent submission wrestler. I know it last week that was a little upset, or not upset, but I wanted to see Gresham win some of some of these title fences more decisively. He rolled up Fred Yehi. I think he rolled up uh, Jay Lethal um, at the 500th episode. Uh, so I was hoping to see uh, some kind of decisive outcome here, whether he, he made uh, Bennett tap out or pinned him. And thankfully, he did make Mike Bennett tap out. He wrenched his ankle in a pretty brutal submission hold. So you know, no no doubts about this one. John Gresham beat Mike Bennett, but at the same time, Mike Bennett definitely proved himself as a peer wrestler, as a guy that's, you know, here in Ring of Honor, that's more than capable of, of holding his own in the peer division. So I enjoyed this one a lot. And this was a great, uh, just a great part of the show. I'm, I'm going a little out of order here, but uh, Douglas J. Campbell saying it was a great show. And I would definitely agree. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed the show uh, on Sunday. It's just top to bottom, every match delivered or maybe even over-delivered, exceeded my expectations. So I guess with that, we had one one match with the foundation. We might as well end with John Gresham. We might as well go into another one. Douglas J. Campbell again chiming in saying, uh, not sure that he likes the tag titles on Dickinson, Dickinson and Homicide. Yes. So at uh, Ring of Honor Best in the World, the foundation was scheduled to defend the tag titles against Chris Dickinson and Homicide. The champions, Red Titus and Trace Williams, won the titles back in 19th anniversary in March. Uh, unfortunately, Trace Williams was in a car accident. Uh, I think that was a month or two ago. He's still not quite clear of her action. So uh, early on in the show on Sunday, it was announced that Jay, Jay Lethal would, would be taking uh, would be taking Williams's place. But Jay Lethal got beat down so badly by Brody King during their match, and we'll talk about that next. That um, that that John the Gresham had to take his place after he'd already beaten. Uh, Mike Bennett in that pure rules match that I just talked about. So John DeGresham was out there after he's already uh, kind of likely exhausted from, from wrestling in this, I think it was roughly probably 20 minute match. So definitely not at hundred percent. And we can, we kind of saw this back at um, 19th, 19th anniversary when Kenny King and La Bessia had to substitute in for, uh, for dragon Lee because he was unable to compete. You know, for me as a fan, as soon as they announced that Trace Williams wasn't able to go, I kind of thought, okay, you know, maybe we're going to see Violence Unlimited win here because, you know, the, the, uh, Titus and, and and Lethal haven't really teamed together. They don't have that that chemistry there. In that sense, they don't have that that uh, experience together. So uh, while they're stable, I mean, as a, as a more traditional tag team duo in that sense. So I kind of thought that. And then when Gresham got subbed in, I was like, all right, we're probably getting a title change here. And we did. It was a fight without honor, by the way. This was definitely, uh, for me, a little unexpected. Uh, Titus and Williams have made clear that whenever they uh, plan to defend the, defend the titles, it would be contested under pure rules, um, not, which is the exact opposite of a fight without honor. And I will say, definitely, I, I commend Gresham and Titus for really um, wrestling a totally different style. Two guys, especially I was talking about Jonathan Gresham in the pure rules match. Jonathan Gresham, one of the very best pure wrestlers in the world. He goes out there and, and you know, he turns in a great performance in, in this absolutely chaotic and violent uh, fight without honor. Homicide Ring of Honor original. This dude brought a fork in there. He was trying to stab somebody. Uh, definitely a fun clash of just a, this ideolo ideology of you know, Ring of Honor and the foundation and trying to purify the company and return it to those to those traditional roots versus homicide and violence and, and kind of that that ECW style of just like hardcore and chaos. So definitely, uh, I've said it many times here already on the recap of Honor throughout the time we've been doing this, but definitely that 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 clash of, of uh, styles and just... Um, I guess idea again ideologies uh, is definitely one of my favorite parts of this stable warfare. So, being able to see uh, the foundation kind of play uh, violence unlimited at their own game, and unfortunately, or maybe as you might expect, come up short. Obviously, as I just said, the foundation it's all about pure wrestling. I wouldn't necessarily expect them to be, you know excellent uh, uh hardcore brawlers or, or whatever so in this fight without honor you kind of have to expect that in some ways uh violence unlimited would be kind of favored and in some ways they were chris dickinson i will say for me i i haven't seen a whole lot of his work outside of ring of honor he's got i've, I've heard his name so much and i've been wanting to see him uh, in ring of honor for quite a while because i think he's one he has been one of the top guys on the independent scene so when he arrived as a member of violence limited i was very excited now this was kind of my first real chance to see him uh live in, in, in living color uh in in this title match here in in kind of in his own element you know, in in this fight with honor he power bombed red titus off the top rope through a table and i, I would call that one of the best spots of the match um and homicide i was also my pin gresham i mentioned a couple minutes ago uh gresham took the pin here after homicide hit the cop killer it was kind of like a uh, I forget what the exact name of the, of the move is but it's, it's homicide's signature move there so gresham took the pin uh as i said 
Gresham, the pure champion, took two pins here. Uh, technically, uh, obviously, the the pin to Ken King came first, but uh, this one, regardless, two pins in a weekend for the pure champion, very surprising. So uh, I feel like it's we're more likely to see Kenny King challenge for the pure title uh, than, than homicide, just based on the the you know my my uh perception of the, of the two wrestlers i could be wrong i'm sure the homicide could put on a great pre-rolls now if he so chose to uh but for me if i had to predict i would say i much more expect to see kenny king challenge the pure title because he did say uh during the pre-show or, or hour one that he wasn't wrestling at best in the world because there were no title shots available so uh he kind of made it clear that if there aren't if there aren't any title shots he's available he's not interested so with a win or uh, with a pin on, on john john gresham i would definitely maybe expect that to be uh, in the works at some point sooner or later so uh i i i don't know if i necessarily agree that i don't i don't dislike the, the titles being on dixon homicide you know i think that this is a good way to um keep violence limited as this legitimate stable uh, i talked about it on on our preview show you know i you knew that no or not knew i i assumed and predicted none of the stables here of lfi the foundation and violence limited none of them would run the table entirely you know uh the foundation i think they were they they had a clean sweep of victories back at final battle 2020 but that was their first show so you really want to establish them as, as a true force as a true faction in ring of honor uh whereas now You've got this three-way, if not four-way, if you count Shane Taylor promotion, we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, you know, I you would I would not expect any one of these factions to really come away unscathed in terms of you know, uh, uh, nobody would leave without losing, right? Somebody was gonna lose the title when, especially when you had Deppin facing Dragon Leaf uh, with a faction versus faction title match. That's why I saw this tag title match as well. You know, some factions that had to win, some had to lose, uh, and now we're kind of seeing a new. Uh, I want to say a new world order in honor, honor of uh, the, this past week was new NWO week, but essentially a new hierarchy of these stables. Cause now uh, we'll talk about it later. Rouge has lost the world title. Dragon Lee has won the TV title. The uh, Vance limited has won the tag titles. The foundation lost those uh, Gresham retained the pure title. Um, and, and Brody King uh, beat Jay lethal. I'm jumping all over the place just to prove the point that, uh, it is definitely kind of the sense of shakeup and, and the movement of, you know, maybe LFI kind of sinking, but also rising because Dragon Lee regained the title. Uh, the the foundation definitely uh, maybe slumping a little bit, having lost the tag titles and having seen Jay Lethal lose to Brody King like that. Uh, and then Roosh losing the world title, definitely kind of uh, shaking up uh, LFI's, you know, firm grip and firm, uh, you know, rule of, of Ring of Honor in that sense. So definitely something to look forward something to look forward to something to to keep an eye on moving forward um i mean i, th I think i like the idea you know, the, of the, the potential here for for dickinson and homicide going off of uh, douglas's comment here uh you know homicide a ring of honor original he's back and and you know again that clash of Valence limited being this vision for the new ring of honor in some ways versus of uh, the foundation this vision of trying to bring ring of honor back to what it once was and now you have homicide again as that ironic like clash of the present and the past and there's this interesting kind of um you know interesting uh, difference there and for dickinson you know having him pair with homicide two two brawlers two guys uh in the in the tri-state area definitely known for their work uh in game changer wrestling and just around the independent scene uh in one interview i remember homicide called dickinson the the new king of new york so you know the and homicide ha had been that himself and in the, in the, in the, on the independent uh sorry independent scene at one point so um definitely a, a fun pairing there in that sense and um at the same time, I get the feeling, at least just uh, maybe a hunch, that this title reign may not last long. You know, I, again, I mentioned earlier, kind of feel like, you know, this might be a, a transitional reign until the Briscoes get the titles back. Just maybe a, that's not even a sound prediction. It's kind of maybe a, a possibility, I'll say. I, mean, I feel like that's one option that's available. Um, and I've been so to pivot away from that. We're talking about Violence Limited and the foundation here. We saw Brody King face Jay Lethal here. Uh, and as Douglas J. Campbell saying, Brody King absolutely destroyed Jay Lethal. This match, and he's right, this match reminded me of uh, if you watched NXT TakeOver last year in your house. Uh, Karrion Cross absolutely destroyed Tommaso Ciampa, a guy who'd been really the, the face of NXT in a lot of ways. So uh, seeing Brody King just really kind of dominate this match and really overpower Jay Lethal at every turn. The outcome was never, never really in doubt. Lethal hit a flurry of offense um kind of after the opening bell but then 
King just dominated for the rest of the match. He just, he was too powerful uh, and and lethal uh, held in there and 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 fought valiant, valiantly. But um, two Gonzo bombs and and that was it. You know the match not terribly long and as I said not terribly uh, in doubt in the, in the sense that uh, beyond that opening rally of offense and lethal, you know it was pretty clear that. Uh, King had Lethal's number, and uh, I talked about um, or I wrote about during the show last night. But you know, for for Brody King, a guy that that got cheated out of his world title match back at Final Battle against Roosh, definitely this is uh, for me at least. I feel like this is definitely you know moving him back to the likely the top of the world title scene. You know, uh, where he beat Jay Lethal, a guy that's been again the franchise, the the former world champion. Uh, and to do it in such a such a decisive, dominating fashion, I have to imagine that you know Brody King will be in line for a title shot sooner rather than later. So, you know, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it had a lot of potential to be one of the best matches on the show. Uh, Brody King is uh, is great. I think he's a great powerhouse, and he's very agile as well. So, um, for me, I think he's really got that potential to be. Uh, a true main event guy, Ring of Honor, that he's been on, on the precipice for a while now. Uh, and now this win over Jay Lethal uh, and this new edge that he's displaying as, as the leader of Violence Unlimited, I think that, you know, he could be in line for, you know, a, a title shot, if not a, t- a title reign, you know, if we want to go that far. Um, I don't think that's terribly out of the question because he's been really impressive lately. He pinned Jay Lethal, uh, obviously in, in, this, in this pay-per-view match, but he also pinned Jay Lethal. I think that was the end of May in a, in a match between Violence Limited and the Foundation at Tag Team Match. So definitely uh, Brody King being kind of set up as this uh, guy to watch, as, as, a, as a real main event guy, you know, a, a dark horse, if you will, in the world title scene now. Uh, and we'll, I, I want to save that for last. The world title change there uh, with Bandito winning. We talked, I met, referenced it already, but we'll go. We'll get there. Don't worry. But we, again, we had nine matches on the card here. Uh, but I guess just to put a bow on it, this one for, for Brody King definitely uh, helped me think that uh, you know again the, the this this hierarchy, this balance of power might be changing a little bit. Where uh, Valence, Valence Limited might be the new uh, the new premier the new premier stable here. Where again, Roosh lost the title. The foundation kind of slumping here by losing the tag titles and seeing Lethal lose. So this one for Brody King could kind of uh, vault Bounce Limited uh, into the the forefront in that sense. So definitely, uh, if that is the, the case, then this was a great way to do it by having Brody King absolutely destroy Jay Lethal again, as Douglas J. Campbell there is saying. Another big match in the card was Josh Woods beating Silas Young. Douglas J. Campbell saying that the that Woods beating Young was cool. Uh, this match definitely one of the more heated uh, grudge matches on the card here. Uh, these guys, former tag team partners, we've, we've seen these guys clash a couple times. Um, Woods beat Young in a in a pure rules match a couple weeks ago. Young beat Woods in a singles match before that, so this was the, this was the rubber match. Uh, Dennis Farrell and I talked about on the preview show, and Dennis really thought that these two guys aren't done yet. And he thought that Silas Young might pull off the win here to kind of prolong this rivalry. But instead, I mean, uh, Josh Woods won. And uh, I, I, I kind of got the sense. I, and for me, uh, just the way I, I usually look at it, la- uh, last man saying matches are usually blow off matches for ri- rivalries like this. So uh, I have to think that, you know, these guys might be moving on from each other and, and heading in different directions. For me, I've said it many times before, I think Josh, Josh Woods is very talented. He's got a lot of potential. Um, he's already challenged for the pure title and he lost John the Gresham a couple months ago. So I don't necessarily know where he's going to go from here. Um, because obviously I don't think having him lose to Gresham again would be the best, but, um, I don't necessarily moving into the, into the TV title scene. And I think it's a little too soon for the world title scene. Um, so maybe another rivalry kind of like this, just another like grudge match for, you know, or I should say another grudge feud in some sense, something more personal. I don't know what that might be. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think that he's he he's very much one of the better uh, peer wrestlers in the company, and that's saying something because they're a bunch of very very talented ones. Uh, but he's he's got the amateur wrestling background, and he had a great run in, in the pure title tournament. And uh, and as I said about Gresham a minute ago, in that fight without honor, I thought Woods looked great in this last Saturday match in this uh, very violent chaotic match in this sense where uh, there were tables, chairs, ladders, and working with a guy like Silas Young, a true veteran in the business. Silas Young, this was his first pay-per-view match of the pandemic era that I can recall. He he was at ringside for 19th, 19th anniversary. I don't think he wrestled at final battle, if I recall correctly. Don't, you know, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry, but I, I he was gone for a while. 
and he came back. He was he had a he had a match in the pure title tournament, and then he went away, and then he came back right before 19th, 19th anniversary uh, to kind of coach uh, Josh Woods a little bit. Um, so yeah, this is the first time we've seen Silas Young on pay per view that I can recall. And that, in that case, that would be since since before the pandemic, which is again that feels like forever. So in that sense, it was cool to see this uh, one of the, the more veteran guys in Ring of Honor out there, you know, on the card doing, you know, sh- showing what he's got, you know. And again, so I think Silas Young is very underrated in that sense. I think I don't think he gets the the credit he deserves. And uh, for me, you know, putting Josh Woods in there with a guy like that when they've got this history, when they've got that chemistry as tag team partners, so it's a winning recipe. I, I said that about PCO and Dan Hasen. You know, yet again here, uh, it's a winning recipe. Put in there, you know, former tag team partners, uh, a young guy and, and a veteran like that. It works. There's there's some you know, tropes in wrestling, and and they work for a reason. This is one of them. In the end, uh, a, a nice callback uh, in the way that Josh Woods won. He German suplex Silas Young off the apron through two tables, and in a couple of their, I think both their matches they've had, Woods won for that move, not through tables, but onto the floor. And he, at this time, he finally hit it. So I thought that was a nice kind of uh, a very small thing, but it's a fun kind of callback to those previous matches. So as I said. Joshua's one for me. This was definitely a way to kind of elevate him in the sense that he's definitely not that to say that he was, but as maybe from a, a casual fan perspective, he's definitely no longer just the the dojo guy or, or the young guy looking to break out. Like no, Josh Woods is here. Uh, he he beat Silas Young, a former TV champion, and he's ready for bigger and better things. So whatever that whatever that might be, I don't know, but he's definitely going places and I'm looking forward to see what that is. I, I've said it many, many times. I think he is he's a future champion in Ring of Honor. Uh, I think he could be the pure champion. I don't know if he could beat Jonathan Gresham in that sense. Uh, but again, I guess to play devil's advocate, we saw Gresham take two pins this weekend. So maybe Gresham isn't so unbeatable after all, but who you know who's to say? The, the both pins did occur uh, in normal matches, not in pure, pure rules matches. So We'll have to wait and see what happens in the event that uh, Josh Woods does get another title match there. So uh, I want to take a brief break from the matches here to talk about a big thing. I guess I'll say two big things that happened on the show. One of them on the hour one, one of them on the main card itself. So on hour one, we saw trending with Taven. It was former world champion Matt Taven. He came out to the ring. And despite all the the, the hubbub and, and the buzz about the fans being back, Matt Taven was not in a good mood. He was upset that. I, I guess maybe in some ways he was upset that he wasn't on the card, but in some more ways he was upset that, you know, he had good memories of being back in the building, uh, in the, in the, in the venue. Uh, but the, at the same time, you know, some of those memories were, were tainted by Vincent and, and the things that Vincent has done to him there. Um, so, and, and overall he's having this, this ghost of this feud with, with Vincent continuing to haunt him. So he made it clear that he wanted to end things with Vincent once and for all. This is a feud that's been going on since the road to final battle 2019. So that's, I think, over a year and a half at this point. And this feud has been going on for quite a while. It's remained very engaging and compelling and personal, but it is definitely time to end it once and for all. And they, these two guys will do that. At Glory by Honor, night two in August at the former ECW Arena, the 2300 Arena, uh, in a steel cage match. Huge announcement on, on the hour one uh, portion of Best in the World here. So basically, Taven said, Hey, this town ain't big enough for, for the both of us. Uh, if you agree to face me, I'll leave Ring of Honor. So, and that caught me. I was like, Wow, Matt Taven could leave? What? That's crazy. And then Vincent said, No, no, no. I don't want you to leave Ring of Honor. Like, that's not what I'm interested in. I want your world title shot. Now, if you remember, Bateman, uh, Vincent's right-hand man in The Righteous, uh, was supposedly going to hand Vincent the world title by winning the Survival of the Fittest tournament. Bandito beat Bateman in the qualifying match, so that didn't happen. But obviously, Vincent is targeting the world title now, so... Uh, he, he's using this match as his chance to like get that world title shot. Um, as long as I've been watching Ring of Honor, um, I have not, I haven't seen a, a steel cage match yet. So it's definitely been a while since I've done one. So that I think this feud is definitely uh, the the perfect choice for it in the sense that they maybe they'll actually have the righteous stay out of this, you know, or that's the the, the purpose of the steel cage. And for for Taven, you know putting his world title shot on the line, a former champion there. I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, when they, the way this, this kind of fell out though, I was a little curious, like, well, what, what does Vincent have to lose? Like Taven's putting up, putting up his world title shot. Taven offered to leave the company if, if Vincent agreed to the match, but you know, there, it doesn't seem like Vincent is really risking anything, right? If he loses, yeah, he loses to his enemy. And then there, there's that loss of pride or whatever, loss of momentum or, or whatever. Um, but I did want to see maybe a little more like, 
a little more stakes, a little more something. But th th it was very, very like surprising to me. I was like, oh, wow, this is on the first hour of the show, getting this huge announcement, steel cage match, glory Honor in Philadelphia. Fans are going to be at that show. It's going to be great. It's going to be electric in the former ECW arena. Um, and obviously by having the, that high stakes there with Taven's title shot on the line and all of this history there, this, this bitterly personal feud, definitely exciting there. So that was on the that was on the first hour. Definitely a, a big announcement coming out of the show. And also, um, Maria Canales Bennett and Lenny Leonard uh, came out to the stage during the show itself and revealed the the new women's world title. They revealed the women's world champion uh, title tournament bracket. We got the full bracket now, uh, almost full, almost full bracket. And Chelsea Green, the hot mess, arrived in Ring of Honor. Uh, a very shocking move. She came to the stage uh, wearing a cast, and uh, she had been released from Dudley in April. Uh, her, technically, her 90 days weren't quite up yet, but uh, it just worked out where she was able to um, make this appearance, and she'll be uh, it, competing for Ring of Honor, probably the Ring of Honor Women's Division. Uh, one month from now, she made a course she has not been cleared for action, so she'll miss the Women's World Title Tournament, but you can bet that she'll be uh, eagerly uh, vying for a title shot at the very least, uh, no matter who wins the tournament. And we did get the full bracket, which is available on on, on WrestleZone, and we did an article for it, and of course on RingOfHonor.com. Uh, but definitely many notable. We already knew most of the announce the the names here, but I'll run through it real quick here. We're going to see Miranda Elise versus Alex Gracia or Gracia, sorry, uh, and Maserati versus Nicole Savoy, Allison K, a former world champion, versus Willow Nightingale, Marty Bell versus Trish Adora. Sumi Sakai versus Roxy, the prodigy. Mandy Leon versus To Be Determined. I'll explain that in a minute. Max the Impaler versus Holodead. And Angelina Love has a first run by now. Uh, Mandy Leon was scheduled to face Vita Von Star. Vita Von Star had her, uh, had her spot in tournament revoked. Uh, so now there's one spot remaining. This was a little confusing because Chelsea, Chelsea Green came out as this was being explained and it, it made it seem like she's part of the tournament, tournament but she's not. So that it took me a minute to kind of uh, put two and two together there. Uh, but this weekend on Ring of Honor Wrestling, Quinn McKay, the broadcaster, the host of Ring of Honor Wrestling, will face Mandy Leone. And if McKay wins, she will get that final spot. I'm not sure what will happen if she doesn't win. I'm not sure who, that's, who that spot will go to otherwise. They didn't really say. Um, but obviously, Leone and uh, Angelina Love of the Allure have been at odds with Quinn McKay for months. Uh, Leone cost McKay her match with Angelina Love a couple months ago. So definitely some some bitter uh, feelings here. And uh, for Quinn McKay, a huge opportunity. I thought she looked great in her match with Angelina Love. So you can imagine she'll be coming in this match with a lot of uh, motivation and uh, revenge on her mind. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And just in general... Definitely, I, th I think I speak for many fans when I say I am very excited for the return of women's wrestling to Ring of Honor, and I think this tournament is a great way to do it. I think getting uh, Chelsea Green on board is a great addition. I, I, I she's a star. Um, I'll admit I don't know a whole lot about her work. I know she's just got all this buzz about her. You know, we didn't really get to see a lot of what she could do in WWE, and I'm not very familiar with. I I haven't seen her work in Impact Wrestling myself. I know she had this great run as a hotness, but uh, she's definitely very buzzworthy, and maybe in some ways for that alone. That's very valuable uh, for this reborn woman's vision. So uh, once she is once she is quit for action, when, once we do see uh, this tournament uh, come to fruition and and see how how it all falls out, I think I'll definitely be curious to see uh, how she fits in with that woman's vision. So we did learn that uh, beyond the McKay Leon match this weekend, we will see the tournament begin the weekend of July thirty first, right around the corner, and the finals of the tournament will be held. At Death by Dishonor, which will be uh, in September, and uh, in a, in a we, we were told to expect an announcement about that event in the latest edition of the X Files on RingOfHonorWrestling.com. So I'd imagine we'll see. We'll probably hear the date for that show maybe this week or or soon or soon because it's right around the corner. So of, of course, when when I know more, I will share that with you guys both on this show and at WrestleZone.com and with news coverage. So definitely. Lots to, lots to look forward to in that sense. And we haven't even finished talking about the show yet. Lots more to, to dig into here. I mentioned, uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but we also got to see uh, EC3 versus Flip Gordon. Now, uh, on the preview show, I was talking with Dennis Farrell about this. Uh, Ring of Honor announced, or should, I should say, uh, previously, Ring of Honor announced that Flip Gordon will challenge for the world title at Glory by Honor Night 1. Uh, he won the Honor Honor Rumble. I think it was back at Gateway to Honor in February 2020. Feels like a million years ago. Uh, but he, he earned a world title shot by doing that, and he has not gotten it yet. So, Glory by Honor, he will get that title shot. Uh, and by virtue of that announcement, that, that announcement came on June 16th. So, 
obviously before before best in the world uh it was very easy to say okay you know connecting the dots here flip gordon has got this title match next month flip gordon's got to be ec3 best in the world uh it'd be great for him to, to beat this world champion and and to go into that match with more momentum that didn't happen <laughs> ec3 won it was a very fun match ec3 uh a former a form world champion a guy that's uber talented he's, he's such a physical specimen the guy is un, un, unbelievable uh he, he's just uh there's the classic quote like if if you could construct a wrestler in a lab it would look like ec3 that that's it like ec3 great look uh great charisma great i mean and now we're going to see him in, in a ring of honor wrestling style definitely something different than what we've seen in his in his we career in his impact wrestling career um definitely something different in that sense and he's delivering he faced jay briscoe at 19th anniversary put on a great performance in defeat you know he lost that match so as much as i expected flip gordon to win i would have been pretty surprised if ec3 lost two because that would be uh, that'd make him oh and two in his in his pay-per-view matches so um in some ways i was talking about Brody king earlier now uh with ec3 beating a guy that's owed a world title shot and that's getting a world title shot i should say i definitely expect to see maybe ec3 uh climbing the rankings for the world title maybe sooner around later here uh and and deservedly so a former world champion a guy that's uh definitely proven himself as a wrestler and now he's really uh, excelling in ring of honor so uh i i would like to see him against any, any number of other of the top guys in ring of honor in that sense so uh, in the end here ec3 pin flip gordon after them and uh it was i like the, the story they told here gordon attacked of uh, the ec3's leg and kind of neutralizing his power and ec3 kept overpowering gordon anyway so uh again i said a couple minutes ago something you see a lot in wrestling but it, it's if it ain't broke don't fix it it's a story that works these guys told it beautifully and i liked it a lot uh and in the end ec3 was just too much after the match as i as i said during about the flip gordon P, uh, pj black match uh as you might expect flip gordon refused ec3's handshake and this was kind of interesting ec3 offered the handshake t- uh, three times the first two times uh flip gordon slapped him the third time flip gordon spit in his face so Definitely Flip Gordon, uh, not not so on board with uh, the whole idea about the, the code of honor and, and just being honorable in general here. Um, but for me, yeah, this was very surprising in the sense that, you know, we did see, uh, we, we saw uh, Flip Gordon lose. like and, and he's owed this world title shot. He's getting his world title shot next month. Um, so that did strike me as a little surprising. Um, and I guess at the very least, I would just hope that over the next month, you know, I'll have a couple matches on TV to kind of get some of that buzz back and some of that mo- mo- uh, momentum back. But yeah, this was definitely one of the more surprising uh, results on the card. And obviously, one of the real big surprising ones was the main event. When we'll get there, we're not quite there yet. Uh, we'll get to the card now. Uh, it looks like we've got a couple matches left to go here. Uh, let's start with the the TV title match. It was Dragon Lee challenging Tony Deppen for the title. These two guys stole the show, uh, and I I can't recommend it enough. Check out some highlights. Check out the match itself if you haven't seen it. Um, this was the rematch of Final Battle 2020, where Deppen made his pay per view debut. He challenged Lee, Lee for the title back then. Lee won. Uh, Deppen entered the show as the champion. He beat Trey Slams a couple weeks ago, or sorry, a couple months ago. Uh, and and I, I consider Dragon Lee kind of the, the favorite to win this match, and he won, although now that little help, but got to credit uh, Tony Depp, and he did a, a suicide dive Canadian Destroyer that set the internet on fire. Everyone, everyone even the people that weren't really watching the show that saw the the, the GIF online were, went crazy about it. It was a, a, a great spot that really added a lot to the match. These guys went all out there. Dragon Lee, even though he's like a high-flying kind of cruiserweight style kind of guy, one of the best strikers in the game for, that I would say. Uh, he's his brutal knees and kicks are just something else to see in the end a distraction from kenny king helps dragon lee uh win the title here so dragon lee regains the tv title he's now the uh the, the, it's his second reign on the title he lost it uh when i mentioned earlier when kenny king had a fill-in for him at 19, 19th anniversary there so as i said a couple minutes ago you know whereas roosh lost the world title we'll talk about that in a couple minutes uh uh dragon lee regain uh has regained this title so lfi uh coming out of the show not looking too bad you know having it still having a champion uh getting some positive positive momentum coming out of the show in that sense so you know they can't be too upset with that and you know it makes me think that dragon lee will be sticking around he's a guy that's definitely uh he's done some he's done work in in new, new japan and, and that could that could excel anywhere so yeah ring of honor uh, definitely as a, as a fan i'm very glad that he's still there and i hope to see him sticking there uh 
for, for the foreseeable future. And now I hope to see him have uh, another good ring with the title. Just he's, he's a guy that turns in great matches pretty much every single time he's out there. So um, there, and that's, that's why you want a champion. That's all there really is to say about it. Uh, and, and having LFI pick up a, this, you know, again, having that momentum there, definitely good to see. Another title match to, to, that we haven't gotten to yet. Shane Taylor promotions retain the six-man titles against the oddball team of Don Castle, Eli Isom, and uh, Dak Draper. Uh, I, I interviewed Shane Taylor before the show uh, or, or earlier last week, and he was saying that, oh, you know, an, an, an untested team like like he was facing on Sunday is dangerous because you don't know what to expect. And that's true. That was a very valid point, and I liked how he really sold the idea that, hey, anything can happen. They, we have to be kind of prepared. Uh, but obviously, Shane Taylor Promotions, it's a well-oiled machine. Uh, they're the champions for a reason. They're, they're a dominant trio, Shane Taylor and the Soldiers of Savagery. Uh, all three guys look great. It was really cool seeing them get get the entrance from the live crowd. They've just got such a such a presence and like the I'll say the, the it factor. I think Khan of, of the Soldiers of Savagery has a lot of potential, and I just think he's really he's really going places as well. Maybe more like uh, among uh, a lot of Ring of Honor's young talented stars, I, I see a lot of potential, uh, a lot of bright things in this future. I think he's really uh, he's got it again. I think that I think that about the group. I think that about uh, Khan individually. Moses is great as well. Author guys look great. Shane Taylor. Brutal striker. I, I was just saying about Dragon Lee, one of the best strikers in the game. Uh, Shane Taylor, those headbutts, those knees, the face, absolutely brutal. Of course, Isom Draper and Castle were undone by their, their failure to coexist. As you might expect, these two guys, uh, they've been somewhat feuding in recent months, and, and they, they got this title match. Um, definitely did not expect them to emerge victorious, and they didn't. Uh, you know, they just, they just could not stay on the same page. Castle shoved Isom, Isom shoved Draper. They just shoved each other and getting each other's way. And Castle uh, got, got in Isom's way when he was pretty much on the verge of victory. So uh, definitely, you know, I would, just, I would expect to see something there where, you know, we might see Isom versus Draper again, Isom versus Castle. It feels like that story is not done yet, but... You know, uh, for Shane Taylor Promotions, a, a great title defense. I thought they really, they looked, they all looked impressive. And we'll see them in action this weekend on Ring of Honor Wrestling. One, the, the four of them, including O'Shea Edwards, uh, the fourth man, uh, face the foundation in eight, eight man tag team match. That'll be very exciting to see. I'm, I've mentioned it before, but Shane Taylor Promotions has kind of stayed on the periphery of the stable warfare. They faced the foundation before. They've, uh, I think they've clashed with LFI once and maybe, you know, a little bit here and there otherwise, but they've been pretty much kept out of it. But now, they're going to be facing the foundation and coming out of this win uh, at best in the world. I think they're, they're sitting pretty and uh, maybe uh, in a position where they can kind of, you know, kind of uh, uh, assert themselves as a, a, a real top stable here in Ring of Honor and, and continue to enjoy this great reign as a six-man tag team champions there. So beyond that, I'm looking now and other than the world title match, that's it. Yes, wait, it's time to talk about the world title match. So in the main event, we had Roosh, the man who had been the champion for 498 days defending against Bandito, a guy that had won the Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest Tournament, a, a tournament that's been won by greats like uh, Ty Tyler, Black, Tyler Black, Ryan Danielson, Adam Cole, Jay Lethal, many of the greatest uh, competitors in Ring of Honor history. Bandito won that uh, last month in June. But still, for me, Bandito, 26 years old, uh, I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's immensely talented. Uh, I came in this match, I'm like, man, I think we're going to have a great match. I think Bandito's going to push Roosh. I think it's going to be uh, a real, you know, just a, a great main event. But I don't see I don't see Roosh losing. I was wrong. I was, I was absolutely wrong. Bandito won the world title at best in the world. Congratulations. Uh, for me, I've been saying it. Uh, as long as I've been covering Ring of Honor, as long as I've been doing this show, uh, Bandito is absolutely phenomenal. He's he's one of the very best all-around wrestlers for my money in the game. He's an amazing high flyer. He's got a great power game. He he he. I think he at one point he hit his uh his like um, shooting star press slam on Roosh, a guy that's like you know, I would consider a heavyweight, uh, and and Bandito kind of a, a cruiserweight style kind of high flyer. He's got this great blend of power and speed. And usually you say that about big guys that can move quickly. No, you, this, in this case, it's Bandito, a, a, a slightly smaller guy that can burst, burst out some great power moves. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was very surprised by this. Uh, and uh, basically, Roosh took the took the fight to Bandito right away, and I thought we were kind of in for a, a pretty decisive squash match in some ways. But Bandito rallied, and he, he kept uh, Roosh on his toes. Roosh kicked out the the, the twenty one plex. I don't think anybody ever does that. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I, I will admit, I'm still kind of surprised about this. Uh, Douglas J. Campbell saying, how cool is it to see Benito uh, beat Bruce for the title? It was very cool. I'm very, I'm happy with this. I think it'll be great with having live fans back. Uh, it makes perfect sense why Ring Vano would want a guy uh, like Benito, you know, a fan favorite, a, a guy that's a, a high flyer. It's obviously, people love high flyers. and They're easy to cheer and get behind. They've got electric spots and everything. Benito's generally likable. Um, he's been Ring of Honor for a couple of years now. Uh, I think he's earned this and more, I'm, I'm more questioning it from the, the booking standpoint of like, yeah, he won the survival of the fittest. But to me, like I was surprised that this, it felt like a quick turnaround, like the uh, Mexico squad imploded. Bandito lost to Fumita at one point. Uh, and then right kind of Bandito turned right around and, and won the, won the title, the, the world title, uh, you know, this very prestigious world championship being won by the 26 year old ending Roosh's reign at 498 days. Uh, for me, you know, you have a lengthy reign right that I would, I was thinking that it'd really be built up as this like big, uh, this big feuds, big program, maybe at, maybe at um, death before dishonor, or maybe even stretching it all the way to final battle at the end of the year. I don't know. Uh, instead, Benito's world champion uh, heading into the, what should be a very uh, eventful and exciting summer for ring of honor. Um, you know, Rouge had a good reign. I, I think it was handicapped by the pandemic. Obviously, that that is no secret. No secret there. Uh, he was unable to be on Ring of Honor programming for quite a while due to due to travel restrictions and everything. Um, but yeah, I I I am very surprised and not in a bad way at all. Uh, I I do think I'll be very curious to see how Bandito is presented as this champion as, as a as a main event player. It's, we really haven't really seen him as that. Like, and, and I will say it is worth pointing out Bandito rolled up Roosh when Roosh tried to rip his mask off. So it was kind of a, a an upset win in that sense. And then right after the bell, LFI beat down Bandito. Like there was a four one assault where L, uh, Roosh, Kenny King, and uh, La Bestia and Dragon Lee got in there. They beat down Bandito. Roosh hit Bandito with the title. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of, they posed over him. So, and they left him lying on the, on this night. That's supposed to be this great crying moment for him. Uh, we do know that, uh, Benito, Bandito will, will defend the title against Flip Gordon at glory by honor. And also, uh, Gordon, oh, sorry, uh, Bandito and Ray Oris will face Roosh and Dragon Lee, uh, on night two of glory by honor in Philadelphia in August in a non-title match. But, uh, kind of cont continuing that story there, gotta imagine that Roosh will get a, a rematch at some point. Uh, but yeah, I guess my big takeaway, I'm excited because I really, I really like Bandito. I think he's very, very talented and, and does more than deserving. Deserving is not the problem at all. Readiness in some ways are and more from, again, that booking perspective of like, this is a guy that's just, uh, it doesn't feel like the, it, it, in some ways it almost didn't feel like this was the plan. Like this did feel a little abrupt and I'm glad that it happened. I mean, I think that he could do great things as the champion, but, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious, and in some ways, just uh, admittedly, the way that the the post match angle went, like you're going to leave the champion lying on the night he won the title. Um, I don't know. Like it feels like in some ways, this this, this might be just a, a, a not even transitional thing, like a, a temporary thing, where where, where Roosh might win the title back. I I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. Uh, I I hope that's not the case. I, I hope Mandy gets a great run with the title and and really just. Uh, Proves not not proves me wrong because I'm saying he's great and he deserves it. I'm more saying I hope that he re they really the Ring of Honor and Benito, Benito mutually you know make the most of this or or uh, prove prove the doubt is wrong because I'm not necessarily doubting. I, I I and I know it sounds like I am. I'm more just uh, trying to raise some what I hope what I hope are valid concerns about it because I am excited for Benito. I'm excited for Ring of Honor. Uh, the title changes we, that we saw at Best in the World would definitely uh, drove home the sense that. Best in the world was this beginning of a new era in a lot of ways, and I think Ring of Honor uh, tends to do that uh, traditionally. In, in a bunch of uh, some of these pay per views, you'll have a lot of title changes, and it's this new era, this new chapter, especially with fans coming back uh, with the women's world title tournament. You know, starting in a couple weeks, it is this sense of change and 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 fresh and new and and exciting. So uh, having Benito win the title is exciting in that sense. And again, I hope that. Uh, the promotion and and Bandito again, uh, the the booking and the performer kind of come together here in the sense that they that he's presented well and that he and that he executes it well. So overall, I'm very excited. Ring of Honor Best of the World is a great show. If you haven't seen it, you gotta check it out. Every week I say Ring of Honor, uh, the the TV show is free. There's no no added charge. Yeah, Best of the World is a pay per pay per view, so you have to pay for it. But 
it's worth every buck you're gonna pay if not if not more than that it, it is the best wrestling on the planet i know i enjoy it a lot i'm biased i know so maybe i shouldn't be saying that um but can't recommend it enough you know if you if you get a chance to i definitely recommend, recommend checking it out at the very least the very least for, for for no extra charge uh ring of honor has some highlights on the youtube channel so check that out and so you can see that i really am saying maybe they're not too off base by saying it is just absolutely tremendous tremendous wrestling on a regular basis you gotta check it out uh and you know i enjoy it a lot because that's what we do here at wrestling we enjoy the wrestling and to do that and how to help you all do that we always try to have a and we do we do have a, a great stream of of post shows and podcasts and interviews constantly coming at you guys i'm recording this on monday so john clark and i will be back here on monday night to talk about wwe monday night raw uh the dynamite dudes attitude cover AEW, and also, they also do wcw rewritten uh, for fun fantasy booking stuff john clark and i will be back on tuesday night uh, to talk about wwe nxt as well uh, last week i lost power five times so we cannot do the nxt show last week but Hopefully things are back to normal this week. That is the plan. And also, we uh, Robert D. Flace and I cover Friday Night SmackDown. We will be on Saturday this week, so be sure to tune in for that. The first show, we'll live with fans back. It's going to be a great, great time as a fan. Going to be a great time, great time talking about it, hearing what all, the, all you guys have to say about it. All these things. And a, and a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming to you guys. Uh, Dominic Danzler recently interviewed the Fonz. You got to check that out. That's crazy. I interviewed Shane Taylor last week. Uh, Bill Pritchard recently interviewed Weston Blake, formerly known as Wesley Blake. I, I just this great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys always looking to add more and presenting more on one, whenever we, uh, any of these things the post shows interviews all whenever something new comes up you can find it on any number of our streaming platforms or at soundcloud spotify youtube uh, podcast whatever it may be we've got you covered so leave a like and subscribe and remember whether it's ring of honor and best in the world whether it's wwe AEW, whatever it may be we do one thing above all others here else zone and that is to enjoy wrestling thanks for listening everybody